I'm Miles Kilby, and I want to welcome you to Encountering the Prophetic Podcast. My passion is to help people from all different walks experience God's voice. I believe, along with my guest, that Encountering the Prophetic has the power to change our lives and the lives of those around us. On this podcast, I want to help you learn how to hear God's voice and go deeper in the prophetic to spark change in your life and in others. Let's dive into Encountering the Prophetic now. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 is where I want to start. Amen. Last week I talked a little bit about uh, having faith that perseveres uh, from Hebrews chapter 10. And today I want to I want to talk about um, I want to talk about the right uh, the righteousness of faith the righteousness of faith revealed. Amen. So that's that's kind of the title of my message, the righteousness of faith revealed. Let me give you a brief introduction. Um, the scripture explicitly instructs us to live by faith. Do you live by faith? What does it mean to live by faith? It means your everything you do is by faith. You eat by faith, you sleep by faith. You wake up by faith. You go about your day by faith. Everything is in faith. In Him you live and move and have your being. Amen? So everything is by faith. Uh, Habakkuk 2.4 uh, is the, the underlying uh, scripture. You know, a lot of people think that a lot of this faith teaching is just New Testament, and it's not. It's completely through the Old Testament as well. Habakkuk 2.4 says, Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. What he said, he says, the righteous will live by his faith. Amen? And so, uh, last week I, I gave an introduction on faith. What, what is faith? What, what is faith? You know, the Greek word for faith is pistis. And what the actual word means is to be fully persuaded on something. My definition would be to be fully persuaded of the truth. In other words, you're fully convinced that something is true. Amen? So whenever you become fully convinced or persuaded of something, you believe it. Amen? When you believe something, that leads you to take action, which is where works comes into play. So to be fully persuaded of the truth of who Jesus is, faith is taking the word of God at face value. What the word says, you believe. Amen? What the word of God says, you choose to believe. Faith is a choice. It's a decision of the will to believe. In other words, when you receive the word, you either receive it and you believe it or you reject it. Amen? One of my favorite scriptures, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. How does faith come? 
It comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The, the word for, he, for the word there is the rhema word. Faith comes by hearing the rhema word. That means the utterance that is spoken out of God's mouth. It's not the logos, which is this written word. But faith is produced. Faith comes to you by the word that proceeds out of God's mouth. What is spoken out of his mouth. That's where faith come from, comes from. So faith is developed. Faith is sown into you. Faith is deposited into you, like Monica was saying. When the Holy Spirit speaks, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, Faith is released into your spirit, man, to be able to believe what you just heard. Amen? So how do you have faith? You have faith by hearing the voice of God. That's why hearing his voice is vital to your life. Amen? If you don't hear his voice, you won't have much faith. You need a rhema word from God. In other words, when you're reading the Bible and a scripture pops out at you, that's the rhema word that God is speaking to you. The scripture pops out to you. God is saying something to you. He's speaking to you. That's the rhema word for you. So, what is the rhema word? The rhema word is the word from out of the word. It's the now word. It's what God is saying right now in the present. Not what God said yesterday. Not what he's saying tomorrow. What is he saying now? Okay? It's present. So the rhema word is the word within the word. What is God saying now? In other words, like I'm saying, if you're reading through the scripture and God highlights a scripture to you, he says, this is the now word for you. Okay? That's not every word in here. That's for you right now. But it's one scripture that God highlights to you. Amen. So this is how faith comes. Faith comes when you hear the voice of God. Okay. So I want to build upon this uh, definition or this introduction that I've given you. Um, and I want to give you a revelation out of Romans 1.17. So look there with me. It says, For in the gospel... For in the gospel, and I'm reading this from the Amplified Bible, for in the gospel a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed to you and I in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice that the righteousness, the relationship that you have with God in right standing with him has to be revealed to you. That's very important. I want you to get this. It has to be revealed. Revelation. In other words, you must have revelation of it. You must hear from God. So what is revelation? What does this word revealed mean? Revelation is... The word in Greek literally means to disclose something. It means to uncover something. It means to make something 
to make it naked. Why? Because when it's made naked, it's unveiled. It's disclosed. You see the nature of it. So you need revelation. You cannot understand the righteousness of God and who God is in your relationship with Him, your right standing with Him, apart from Him revealing it to you in the gospel. And so Jesus reveals His righteousness to us in the gospel message, in His death, in His burial, in His resurrection. At the cross, there is a divine exchange. When Jesus went to the cross, He took upon all the sins of this world, all sickness, all disease. He took it upon Himself. The scripture says that He became sin. He who knew no sin became sin. Christ became sin on the cross that you might become righteousness. You might become the righteousness of God. So, but you must have a, a revelation that you're now made, you've now been made righteous. If you don't have the revelation of what Jesus did in the gospel, in other words, you have to have faith to believe in the finished work of the cross in the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So God discloses this to you. He reveals it to you. I want to give you, and so he says, For in the gospel a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith. Springing from faith, leading to faith. So you're going from one level of faith to another level of faith. It's just like the scripture says, God takes you from glory unto glory unto glory. He takes us from glory unto glory. That's part of the transformation that takes place inside of us. And so also the Apostle Paul said, you can go from faith to faith. It says it like this here, disclosed through the way of faith, that arouses to more faith. Did you get that? If you're taking notes, you should write this down. Both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. So when God begins to open your eyes, to the work of righteousness that Jesus has accomplished, when he begins to reveal and disclose these things to you, in other words, it's going to take you from one dimension of faith to another dimension of faith. But you have to, you have, to have a revelation of the righteousness that you've received in Christ. Okay? So, God has made you righteous by faith it's like what God told Abraham. Abraham believed God and God credited it to him as righteousness. In other words, when Abraham believed, God said, you're righteous. It's the same with you and I. The moment that you believe in the gospel, God reveals his righteousness to you. 
when you believe in the message of the gospel, if you look at Romans 1.16, what does it say? For the gospel is the power of God. What? Unto salvation. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. The gospel is the power of God. You need power in your life? You need the gospel message. You need to hear the gospel. That's what Jesus preached. He preached the gospel. We might see power manifest if we preach the gospel. We will see it manifest. So he goes on, he says, For in the gospel a righteousness is revealed that God has given to you. What dimension of faith are you in? Where are you at in your faith walk? What can you believe God for right now? What can you believe God to do right now? And you'll see it come to pass. Where is your faith? What dimension of faith are you operating in? So in other words, what I'm trying to explain to you today is that as God reveals his righteousness to you, the way of righteousness, and you being the righteousness of God in Christ, as he reveals and discloses this to you, your faith is going to go to new dimensions and new levels. Some of this is going over your head. As he reveals the way of righteousness, you move from faith, from one level of faith, to another place of faith. You need your faith to grow? So he's going to arouse the faith in you. The way of faith arouses you to more faith. So in the gospel message, when the gospel is preached, the righteousness that God imparts to you must be revealed to you. The righteousness that he imparted to you must be revealed. In other words, you need to know what you've received. You know why the, you know why the church doesn't walk in power? Because they don't know the power of the cross. You know why the church doesn't walk in power? Because they don't have a revelation of the cross. They don't know what Jesus accomplished. They don't walk in it. They don't walk in the power of the cross. That's why they don't walk in healing. That's why they don't walk in, in deliverance. That's why they don't walk in all these other things. Because they don't have a revelation of the cross. There's no faith. They don't hear God's voice. And so you can study the cross for all eternity and never exhaust its revelation. The church is weak. The church is weak and powerless because there's a lack of revelation of what Jesus accomplished for us. In other words, we don't even understand or have a revelation of the righteousness of Christ that has been imparted to us that we've received. If you knew you were righteous, you would walk different. If you knew you were righteous, you would think different. If you knew you were righteous, you would walk like a son of God. If you knew you were righteous, you would walk like a daughter of God. If you knew you were righteous, you would believe 
and do great exploits. You'd work miracles. You'd do the same works that Jesus did. So, do you have a revelation? Are you still hung up in the condemnation and who this world says you are, who the devil says you are? Who are you? Do you know your identity in Christ? This is very vital because without the identity secured, without the foundation of righteousness of who you are in Christ, faith can't grow. In other words, the right foundation of who you are in Christ, that you're the righteousness of God, allows faith to grow in you. So you must have the right foundation for faith to grow. The right soil. Amen? And so why do you need faith? You need faith to receive revelation. What does faith do? Faith opens the eyes of your heart to see. Do you want to please God? Do you know the Bible says in Hebrews 11.6, Without faith it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you must first believe who God is to have faith, to receive the gift, to receive him. So faith opens the eyes of your heart to see in the realm of the spirit. Faith opens your eyes to see things to come. It's like I already told you, faith in God imparts righteousness to your spirit, man. God imparts righteousness to you when you believe. Faith causes you to draw near to God. Faith moves your heart to seek God diligently. You need faith even to bring a sacrifice to God. Without faith, you cannot offer a sacrifice to him. Hebrews 11 says that by faith, Abel brought a sacrifice. By faith. So you have to have faith to bring a sacrifice of praise, to bring a sacrifice of worship, to pray, to fast, to give. It all must be done by faith. It can't just be done in your head knowledge, in your routine, in your works, because you you know what to that this is something right for you to do. Your religious duty or your works. So it has to come out of the spirit. It has to be released and generated by the Holy Spirit. When God releases revelation, what does he do? Let me tell you why God releases the touch of his presence whenever revelation is released to you. God releases his presence when the word of God is released and revelation goes forth to seal the revelation on your heart. God releases his presence if you have revelation and you're releasing it by the Spirit, God is going to release his presence to seal what he has just spoken to you. 
He seals it on your heart. He deposits it to you. So every revelation that you receive should produce faith in you. Why? Revelation causes you to move. Revelation causes movement. So that's why Paul said, when you have a revelation of righteousness, your faith is going to grow. It's going to go from one dimension to another dimension to another dimension. So I heard this in my spirit recently. The Lord said, many of my people's faith is anemic, is weak. It can't do anything. It doesn't do anything. There's no faith there. There's no belief. Most of the time because people don't have the word of God in them. There's no foundation for faith to be received even in their life. Because there's no, uh, there's no foundation of word. There's no foundation of righteousness. You have to have the foundation of righteousness for faith to be activated in you. Knowing your identity. Every day you should wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I walk by faith and not by sight. I live by faith. Every day when you wake up. Because you wake up and look in the mirror and you forget who you are. You say, who is that? Uh, what do I believe? Oh, oh, oh what? Uh, I'm a Jehovah Witness now? What? Because you don't know what you believe. You wake up and look in the mirror, you forgot who you were. Because there's no foundation of righteousness that's been built in you. There's no identity that's been secured in your life. So when you receive a revelation that your that your righteousness, you're, you are the righteousness of God. When you see that, when you receive the revelation from God of it, God is going to release His presence to seal it on your heart. He's going to seal it on you, and it's going to change the way you walk. It's going to change the way you think. It's going to change the way you talk. No longer are you going to look at yourself as being whoever you thought you were before you got saved or before you received the revelation of who you are. So who are you? Who are you in Christ? When you look at yourself in the mirror, when you wake up every morning, who do you see? What do you see in the mirror? Do you say, uh, and you don't know who you are? Or you can you confidently say, full of persuasion that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm righteous because of what Jesus did. I received your righteousness by faith. Amen? So that's what Abraham did. Abraham believed God and received righteousness because of it. God said, you're righteous, and God ended up changing his entire life. God made a covenant with him. God gave him more children. He said, I'll give you more children than you can even count. I'm going to give you an inheritance. Why? God changed his identity completely. So much so that he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. God said, when that happened, let me tell you what God did to Abraham. When Abraham believed God and God declared him righteous, 
God said, Abraham, I have to change your name now, and I have to give you a part of me and put it on you. What God did when he changed his name, his name was Abram, and he put that, that the, the ending of it that he put on his name was atta God attached his name to his name. So you can preach the gospel from the Old Testament. You can preach the gospel from Abraham's life. He imparted righteousness to him. He, he gave him himself. And that's what happens. When you receive this revelation, you're going to receive the life of God. You're going to receive life. It's going to, you're going to feel like you came to life again. Amen. You're, not, you're not going to look at yourself as like you're a dead person, but you're going to light up. You're going to come to life. So God is going to awaken your spirit man through revelation. Are you getting something from this? Faith empowers you supernaturally. Faith in God causes him to release his power in your life. Hallelujah. You need faith to receive the presence of God in your life. You need faith to experience the glory of God. Now, let me tell you why a lot of people aren't experiencing the glory or the greater manifestation of His glory. Because they don't have the faith to experience it. They don't believe it. They don't believe in a greater manifestation to come and rest on them. There's no faith for it. So God can't release it on their life. There's no belief. They don't believe in it. When God sees faith, it's like you put a big bullseye on your chest. He says, I can hit that. So, to receive, this is why moving from faith to faith, from one level of faith to the next, and going from glory to glory, go hand in hand. It's all a part of the transformation that God is working in you. The supernatural realm is made up of three dimensions. Faith, the anointing or the power of God, and the glory of God. Faith, the anointing or the power of God, and the glory of God. Faith, allows, faith is what allows you to connect to the supernatural realm of God. You want to connect to the supernatural realm? You have to have faith. Because that's the first realm of the supernatural. You want to see miracles? You have to have faith. So faith is the foundation. The anointing, you have to have faith to exercise the anointing. The anointing is the power of God released through you to minister in the earth. To minister to people. The glory of God. The presence of God. The glory is the manifested presence of God. That manifests in the earth. 
is in heaven, but it manifests in the earth. Let me ask you something. Is all of you present here today? Is your presence here? I guess not. Is your presence here? Yes. When God manifests his presence, his glory, in the earth in our meeting, what that means is that all of him comes into the room. Did you hear what I'm saying? All of him comes into the room. What does that mean? All of his nature, all of his character, all of his attributes manifest through his presence in a place. So when the glory of God manifests, all of his person is there. That means he can do anything. That's why God can do anything in the glory. All of his person is there when he manifests his glory. Okay? So that's why I asked you, are all of you here? If you're, Are you here or are you still at home? If you're here, all of you is here. Physically, who you are. Your essence. Your person is here. It's the same with the glory. That's what it means. The glory, when the glory manifests in the earth, God says, all of me is in your midst. I'm here. All of my essence, my person is here with you. So Jesus, all of his person manifests. What's the Shekinah? What's the Shekinah glory? The Shekinah glory of God is when the glory of God manifests in a physical, there's a physical manifestation that you can see. Like the children of Israel, there's a cloud of glory that traveled with them by day and fire by night covered them. That's the Shekinah. In other words, it's a physical manifestation of the glory of God that you can see. It's tangible in the earth. Amen? Why am I telling you all this? You need all three dimensions operating in your life. You need faith, you need the anointing, and you need the glory. You need all three dimensions working and coming together. But you have to have the foundation of faith. You must develop the foundation of faith to step in to new dimensions of the supernatural, into the anointing and into the glory. You must have the foundation of faith. And I believe that foundation, part of that foundation is when God reveals to you that you are his righteousness. You are his righteousness. What does that mean? You are in right standing with the Father. You have been reconciled to him. You have been restored to him by the blood of Jesus because of what Jesus did at the cross. He took all your sin, sickness, death upon himself. And he says, I give you my righteousness. He gives you his righteousness. What a gift. 
What an amazing gift that he would give you his righteousness. In other words, Jesus gave you his right standing with the Father. Jesus gave you his right standing with the Father so that you could be right with the Father. Jesus in relationship with his Father was righteous. Right standing. He says, that's what I give to you. Now through me, through my righteousness, you come into a relationship with Father God. With the Father. Amen? Hallelujah. Some of you, God is going to just grab a hold of you. You know, I'm seeing God grab a hold of people and shake them up lately. He likes to shake people up a little bit. Sometimes he does that to get our attention. To say, hey, I'm trying to talk to you. Quit being so in la-la land. So complacent. But wake up. Wake up to the reality of the gospel. When you hear revelation, it should make your spirit wake up. It should make you wake up. If your spirit man is sleeping, there's no revelation there. So we have to awaken. We have to awaken. We have to wake up when we hear the gospel ministered. When we hear revelation ministered. It, has to, it releases a spark on the inside. Wake up out of your complacency and your apathy and seek God. Quit being, you know, complacent or apathetic or whatever it is. And seek God. Seek Him while He might be found. And call upon Him while He's near. You know, sometimes people don't like to be confronted. But I want to tell you that God confronts me all the time. It's, it's, it's in His nature to do so as a father. To confront you where you are. And say, hey, wake up. Do this. Do that. Or what are you doing? You ever had God ask you, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why don't you seek God? Why don't you seek after Him? Why don't you know what His desires are? What his heart is. So many times he'll confront you. That's why people don't like prophets, because they confront people. They don't like their message, because their message confronts people. It's true, but it's the nature of the message and the messenger. Comes with the territory. That's what they say anyway. It's okay. When God confronts you, you can either run the other way or you can allow God to change you. But I learned a long time ago 
that he's always right. And that means that I'm wrong. And when you come to that conclusion in your life, things will become a lot easier. A lot easier for you. Just repent. And say, God, change me. I missed it. I messed up. I repent. Change me, God. Change my life in this area. Don't be prideful about it. Don't be stubborn. But humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That God can work in you. He can change your life. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Encountering the Prophetic. Subscribe to our podcast to receive more powerful teachings that will equip you to live a victorious life. For more information about our ministries, go to www.mileskilby.com. You can also follow me on social media to receive daily encouragement and prophetic words on Facebook by searching at Miles Kilby Ministries or on Instagram by searching Miles underscore Kilby. We'll see you on the next episode of Encountering the Prophetic.